Hi, the following podcast is brought to you by Radical Road Brewery, the best craft beer in the heart of Leslieville. Find them at 1177 Queen Street East. That's Radical Road Brewery. Hey, I'm Lily Frost, and I just put out an album called Decompression, and I am living in Toronto right now and uh, just signed a U.S. deal for the record, which is fairly exciting. Um, Just made a video in Italy for Open Highway. Welcome to the music. Yes, Lily, welcome, <laughs> and congrats, a U.S. label deal, that's awesome. Yeah, it's not like a label label, it's a company called the Royalty Network, Okay. and they deal with putting songs in TV and film, doing all the administration, shopping it, soliciting it, they're from New York, and okay. they have an office in L.A., so it's good. And you've you done a, lo- a lot of your music has, has been on TV shows and movies that many of us have seen so we'll make sure to chat about that but congratulations on the album decompression thank you um many you would have thought that in mid 2020 that that was it for you yeah yeah Uh, yeah a a lot of us went through stuff greg and i you know we we had um we had Kim Mitchell on, we had Sass Jordan on, Ooh, I think cool. 2021 ish. And we asked them, you know, have you been staying at home and just thinking of ideas? And they're both yeah. like, we just wanted to rest. We just needed to get away yeah. from all of this. True. I, you're, I read Lily that um, you were thinking that that's it for music. You can't perform live anymore. Yeah, I just thought, um, as I was lying on my couch <laughs> watching Netflix, that yeah. uh, it was the time. It was a sign. It was impossible to perform live anyway. So, um, but then as time went on, I realized that music for me isn't only about performing. It's something inside myself that I need to get out of myself and do mm. no matter what, whether people are listening or not. Because when I made that, packed to just quit I became uneasy with life so it's not something that I can quit it's not really a choice how did that manifest like you felt you you made that decision that's it like what feelings manifested that you felt no this is not right I need to I still need to write I still need to create yeah I just started to feel really shut down really disconnected from myself, from others, from life. And just um, some of the shows that I did do, which were in the moments between shutdowns, um, were, I mean, the first guy who offered me a gig was James B. He's a real character in Toronto. And I just, I couldn't even believe he was offering me a show because I just couldn't wrap my head around how is that legal? How are we doing this? Oh, wow. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, but it was in a geo geometric dome, geodesic dome. Okay. <laughs> He's always got these crazy ideas. And everyone was seated outside at a huge distance. And 
uh, the band was all separated and whatever. So I got my head around it and I thought I can't just do a normal gig because that's just too obvious and easy. Like it's got to be something special because we'd already been locked down for maybe a year and a half or two. And I said to the band, like, let's just improvise the whole thing. We'll just make everything up. We'll be completely unprepared. And they were like, yeah, that sounds great. Let's just do that. And it was mayhem. (laughs) (laughs) There were moments of gold, um, but it really did wake us up, you know, to each other and to the moment. And, and James was like, next time, could you play some songs, you know? (laughs) Yeah, we did. (laughs) <laughs> but that almost sounds like that 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 might have been like a huge relief and a huge weight yeah just to was. play it totally was to play to actually play and then as i the other gig that i prepared for i think it was the heartwood and owen sound i i was rehearsing songs that i'd okay. written and it was so hard to do like it took so much energy emotionally to get out of myself i was crying and crying. like i just couldn't believe how exhausting it was mm. and it's this endurance that we took for granted almost yeah that had gone away and i just i've needed to build it up slowly we all have you know yeah how to how to integrate again how to be social some people still aren't you know yeah it's it's i've only recently realized that um you know we all didn't make it through uh with with everything intact yeah you know some some people you know uh unfortunately have you know lost family members and and great friends yeah Uh, but there was also like a huge mental uh crisis mental health crisis that I think everybody to some degree sort of went through it was it was it was weird it was a really weird the, time yeah man. and you feel it more now and it's yeah. it's the anxiety um for me it wasn't i don't think it was anxiety so much it was more i appreciated the rest to be honest because i sure. feel um like it takes a lot of energy to me to be an extrovert and to do shows sure. so my like common state or my most um, comfortable state is is to be a bit more of a hermit or something like to be a writer you know so to be the performer is Mm. is a a bunch of energy I'm willing to do it I know how to do it I have my way but some people are extroverts and they get energy that way I'm just not that and that's not me so um but I have friends who are super anxious super depressed um just have changed seemingly forever. Um, I feel like I kind of trimmed the fat. Like I don't need to go for a beer anymore. You know what I mean? Ah. Let's just go for a beer. I'm good with like mm, not wasting time. Interesting. That's really, really interesting. Um, Aaron Goldstein plays an important role in this album. How much of a lifesaver was he back in 2020? Yeah, he um, happened to, where did I see him? Oh, yeah. It was funny because it was on Instagram. These stilt walkers were going by uh, playing hand drums during the pandemic. And it was such a 
beautiful thing to see. Yeah. Um, and I posted that on Instagram and he wrote right away. He goes, um, those guys just passed my house. You must be a neighbor. And we said where we live and, and it was like, oh, we're actually really close. Like we should write a song or we should go for coffee sometime. Yeah. Because there aren't many like this is an old school neighborhood. Lots of um you know, Europeans and like, you just don't really see hipster musicians around. <laughs> so right. it was kind of like, what? Um, so we got together, we didn't write a song immediately, but we talked and hung out. And then, you know, I told him how I was kind of shut down and he encouraged me to come out of my shell. And, you know, he, he said that he doesn't really collaborate. He just produces. And I said, well, I kind of want to produce my own record next. Yeah. And he said, well, you could do that. But um, if you want me to produce it, I'd be into it. And I realized that I wasn't going to do it without him. Uh -huh. So I said, let's let, okay, let's do it. Let's do it that way. But, but my sort of agreement was I have to say every idea I have and trust myself completely and kind of get the final say and he's like oh, okay that's all right <laughs> so <laughs> and halfway through he's like you're kind of producing this and i'm like i know i told you like <laughs> i'm producing my record <laughs> so sounds like both of you got something out of the deal yeah i mean he's got a great space and he plays every instrument and he helped me um like for example drive all night is one of my tunes um he gave it that driving ah. rhythm before it was like a piano ballad and he's like no this has to like feel like it's pushing forward so ah. he brought you know he definitely brought some energy to the project yeah nice now your the sound americana that that's that's a first for you is that is that right lily yeah, like, I mean, I've always touched on jazz and mm -hmm. um, blues a little bit, not so much, but this one's more folky um, yeah. and more country twang, a little bit of country twang than I've gone into. Like, I've done Western Swing before, but Aaron definitely brought that. Like, I love the pedal steel. Um, and we went into, like, a bit of banjo, a bit of um, mandolin, that kind of more of a folky country element than I've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. And what, like what, how did it feel to create that kind of sound and that kind of record? I loved it. Um, All right. Yeah. And it felt really laid back and sparse too. Like some of the songs like open highway, I really worked with Nick, um, the drummer, Nick McKinley to, to lay back and just make it as minimal as possible. And I feel like we achieved that, you know, like I feel really good about the record. I, I like it a lot. That's awesome. Um, I want to go back, Lily. I want to go back a bit, a couple of things as I was doing some reading. Um, mm -hmm. I'd mentioned that we had John Bora on uh, last episode. Um, and the conversation started around busking uh ttc yeah. and just traveling and busking and um yeah. i i read somewhere that you busked bust across canada yeah when was um, this and how was that experience that's fascinating so that was um when i was 19 so oh, wow. um a few years back yeah. and there were four of us in a little pinto 
And we were, our parents were like, get a job to pay for next year's university. And we're like, <laughs> see you later. And we just took off in this Pinto with no money, but we could all sing and play. So yeah. we basically stopped everywhere along the way to pay, to, to busk and earn money for gas and food. And we did it. Like we got across to BC um, and we slept like in gazebo. We slept in the gazebo in Banff. That was beautiful. Wow. And then we woke up and used like samples at the body shop just to like freshen up. <laughs> <laughs> and then we slept on the beach in BC on Jericho Beach. And the cops oh. came by and they're like, hey, by the way, it's not exactly legal to be doing that. Whereas in Toronto, they would be way harsher. And we just thought yeah. that was kind of funny. <laughs> We're like, okay, peace out, man. Yeah. Like it was so West Coast. Um, but then I ended up going and staying in Vancouver. Like I loved it out there. I stayed there for 10 years. Wow. Um, and I did um, busk as a first means of survival for, for about a year. Yeah. Um, with a band, not the same guys. It was like this kind of rockabilly and then some some friends from university in Montreal, and we just um, found outside the lineup of Cheap Tuesday movie night, you've got the crowd there because they're, you know, stuck. That was ah. the perfect audience. And then that just built and people were like, hey, you guys are good. Like, want to play our house party? Want to play our gallery opening? Want to play oh, our wow. club? Want to sign a record? You know what I mean? Like these were, it just snowballed. And I was there for doing that band from 92 to 97 and we were like packing out venues and touring down wow. to LA and back. Like it really was that groundswell. That's crazy. Um, that was cool. Band. Wait, yeah. wait, Lily. So you never went back to the next year of university. I never did. Oh my goodness. I, uh -oh. I, I should have, man. <laughs> Looking back, <laughs> things would have been easier. Maybe. <laughs> what what does busking do for you as a performer like what does it does it sharpen you because i mean no one comes to see somebody perform on the streets necessarily right they're they're walking by they're lining up for tuesday movies yeah so it sharpens you up to the immediacy of the moment so you cannot play a boring ballad you can't be introspective it's like what's going to attack uh, uh what's going to attract their attention in yeah. the next one second. Wow. So you have to pull out all your like hottest harmonies, sharpest wardrobe, um, best uh, audience connection, you know, jokes, moves, anything you've got. That's like, I've always been good at improv. So it's like that it's improv. You have to be in the moment and you have to be charismatic um, or you're just going to lose them. Wow. You know, You've got seconds. Yeah. yeah. Does that prep you for the stage? Like, does that prep oh, yeah. you for like in front of a proper crowd that paid money to see you? Yeah. Like, of course, like, because within a crowd, you're always going to get, uh, um, you know, some people who are murmuring over there. They're not paying attention. So what are you going to do? Are you yeah. going to let that happen or are you going <laughs> to approach them and yeah. are you going to call them out? But like in a, an alluring way, right? Like, yeah. how are you going to deal with that? So I just always found that really interesting. Um, my mom's really charismatic and she's always like cracking jokes and she's a great dancer. So 
it's kind of in that her side of the family. Yeah. Wow. Um, another trip you went on that I read about was uh, to Egypt back yes. in the early 1990s. Um, Yeah. tell me, tell me about that trip. That must have been different. That was really different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was, um, I was studying in Montreal and my boyfriend's manager is an Armenian Egyptian man who had an uncle who um, owns all these ships on the Nile. And they were, yeah, they were looking for a Vegas style singer. And Okay. I had been studying jazz singing. So like kind of torchy singing and, and all they asked for was a list of songs for, for the audition. And That I was it. sent them. A list of songs and they were like sure okay great so i went over with antoine my manager it's like friend manager and uh because he wanted to see his uncle anyway Sure. and we we pulled up to this ship it's called el basha like the pasha the prince and it's like green and gold and floating restaurant establishment on the water because you don't have to pay taxes that way and uh I don't think they got me a visa either. So like all, all kind of under the radar, <laughs> yeah. but they had me singing four nights a week. Uh, what? No, sorry. Seven nights a week, four hours a night. So four sets a night, Oh my goodness. which I just thought was awesome. Cause I could sing and um, that's all I really wanted to do. So, and they, they set me up with Rashad Faim, who was the pianist who'd studied at uh, Berkeley College in Boston. So he was amazing. Yeah. And we just laughed and played music. And I mean, it wasn't easy in the sense of the day to day, like the customs and things Ah, that I take for granted here in terms sure. of um, just, you know, being able to show my wrist right now like yeah would be rep you know reprehensible yeah so um when you shake hands like your arm had to be straight or else you're like an oh uh, yeah loose woman because <laughs> wow you'll be too close if your arm your yeah elbows bent this kind of thing things i didn't know so i learned um the hard way i have i have stories i have a book i'm working on so there's a chapter oh wow about it Yeah. Well, that's amazing. When is that book coming out? What is it called? Do you have a title yet? Oh, gosh, I don't know. It's had a few names over the years. Um, Okay. I'm rewriting it again. It's Yeah. got a new tone now. Oh. So, uh, yeah. So, well, I have no idea when it's coming out. When it's done, it'll come out. When it's done, it'll come out. Yeah. Who's who's <laughs> in a rush these days for anything, right? right? Just, yeah. Yeah. Do it in your own, do it in your own time. Um, how long were you in Cairo for that? So it was six months. six months seven days a week Oh yeah, it was a lot wow of work. I realized after, cause I started to get on um, this like jaw TMJ situation going on. okay And I thought it was an earache, but it was from singing too much. wow i was just listening to a radio program <laughs> um because phantom of the opera on broadway is finally closing um okay. after I don't know, 30 plus years, maybe even longer. And so they had, they were interviewing all of these musicians who thought maybe it'll be a two year run, but who've been playing there for decades. Um, and they were, you know, as, as a consumer of music, I go, oh man, you know, one of the best things to do would be be able to play music every single day. But these Yeah. people are like, it's the same thing over.
and over yeah. and over I'm, again. You yeah. know, it was just <laughs> fascinating to hear these yeah. stories of people that have been playing the same music yeah. for like, 30 you years. Would get, you would become so good at that. Um, oh, yeah. But it might be hard to do anything else. Like yeah. you just get locked in. You might forget how to actually play the instrument outside of <laughs> exactly. those songs that you play. Yeah. Wow. After years of it, probably. Yeah. But there were times that I did get off. Um, I went to, what was it called? It was an oasis, Siwa Oasis. Okay. And then, which is a mate run by women. And then I also oh. got to go to Dahab. I'm not sure if you're familiar. No. Um, oh, it's so cool. It's across the Red Sea and it's all like this Bedouin village um, wow. where the cushions are lining the Red Sea and there are camels hanging out and they bring you like hot nut yogurt drinks and like, it's like amazing. So cool. Oh, that yeah, was good. Yeah. I can't re wait to read that chapter in yeah, your book. Exactly. <laughs> what, what is the chapter called? Does the chapter have a title yet? Hmm. No. That could, that would be interesting. Cause there are many elements. I oh. almost got kidnapped by a, by a prince from Dubai who who wanted me to join his harem and let like seriously there were so many things that happened there. okay okay you have to read the book you can't okay <laughs> we, we will read the book but you can't just yes. say you almost got kidnapped and okay, I know so so like what happens <laughs> like let's lead up to this almost kidnapping story oh my god and I'm glad you can <laughs> laugh about it today <laughs> me too yeah <laughs> uh, yeah I'm lucky I'm tall I don't know if you can tell, but I am tall. I think that has helped me through my life. Okay. To escape. Ah. Yeah. Situations. I know when to run. And I, and I was the fastest runner when I was a kid. Oh fastest my sprinter. So, yeah. So you had to actually run, like physically run. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my I goodness. Had to run out of a moving car. I had to escape. I, I had to escape. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Lily. Oh, my goodness. I'm good. Oh, that's good. good. It's good that you're good. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, so this song, Open Highway. Yeah. Um, I watched the video. Um, just Thank beautiful. You. Just so beautiful. Thank you. Um, so filmed in Italy. So let's 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 start from the top. Let's start about this song, Open Highway. Tell tell us about okay. the song. Yeah, it's interesting. Um that this song has almost become the song of the album, especially because we did the video, but it, it was the one, it was like sort of the pulse or the heart of the, of the album for me in the sense that it's about escapism. It's yeah. about um, like fantasy and reality, fantasy versus reality. Like, can you escape in your mind or like, it, can you ever really escape? Um, mm. Anyway, so the thing, the weird thing is that I did this thing as a as a younger person. Sorry, I keep saying thing. If we can edit it out, sure. <laughs> um, I oh yeah, it was visualize the perfect place for you. Um, what would you know? What would that be? Where would it be? And for yeah. me, it was this balcony overlooking the Amalfi Coast, you know, sipping an espresso. Yeah. That was my visualization. 
So then the years go by. That was probably 20 years ago. One, I would always say, you know, people say, where are you going to end up? I'm like in the Amalfi Coast in a villa. Ha ha ha. Yeah. And then so for this one, I thought. That's where the video can take place and that'll be the way that I get there is through the art. So I created the vision. It's just an illusion. It's a fantasy, but then it actually became a reality through the art. Like it was just like, whoa, it's all happening. Yeah. Um, and I really wanted to recreate that shot of the balcony with the espresso. So, um, so all that stuff was my vision. Like I directed it and, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool to be there. Um, it's not what you think it is. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I feel like my imagination is always like kind of better than the reality in a way. Um, Cause it wasn't, it wasn't easy to be there. Like it's hard to navigate. Oh. It's hard to get around. It's hard to drive. It's hard to find the ocean. It's hard to do oh, things. It, yeah. It's like very rocky and hilly. Like yeah. no, one, no one stays by the water. You're probably like miles away. Yeah. 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 And driving is insane. Like, Sure. Luckily, Steve, we had four people. Steve was driving and, and he was very good at it. But you have to be really it's like hairpin turns, you know, and like mm -hmm. barely any lighting and just safety does not come first. <laughs> <laughs> Beauty comes first. Yeah, of course. So, yeah. So when, when did you it seemed I'm going to can I say that you filmed that? this past summer or was it before yeah that was uh the fall it was in oh you went uh, okay. october i think it was october yeah oh wow okay because i was going to ask where are all the people like you were in the water there and it was like it was not crowded or did you have to go really early in the morning no or... but the thing is the people don't go in the water there because it's oh. treacherous like it's not a lovely little beach situation no, it's no, like you're right and I think there might even be sharks, but we didn't know that. <laughs> so we didn't think about that till after. Yeah. We were blindly jumping in and, you know, all of it for the art and shooting underwater and stuff that I've always wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I remember at one point, Steve, he was, he was the DOP and he, I could tell he was panicking. Like we were in the boat and we were super nauseous and he was like yeah maybe we'll just go back to shore and uh and i'm like listen to me right now okay <laughs> what we're gonna do is we're gonna dive in and swim straight and front crawl underwater straight for shore don't stop because these guys aren't gonna save us because i was looking over at <laughs> paul and deb and they were just like like totally seasick <laughs> and steve looked at me he's like okay okay go i'm like this is it man we're here now we're doing it we're not yeah. backing out like what are we gonna do go back to the hotel like no we gotta do it yeah <laughs> so, and afterward he's like you're fierce i'm like <laughs> oh. <laughs> i don't know what to say was that so was that your first time going to the amalfi coast yeah wow yeah. okay so all of those years of, of thinking where's the perfect place and and you finally yeah. get to get yeah it's kind of weird because White Lotus was happening at the same time. There was a bit of a crossover. Um, You're, yeah. Wait, was it filming there at the same time? Yeah. Well, they were in Sicily. 
which is yeah, um, okay. interesting. Um, and we, my family had had a recent trip to Hawaii, which also paralleled White Lotus. Like I felt like White oh. Lotus was paralleling my life at that time. But I think Sicily has better beaches. And I didn't know that at the time. Ah, I think, but I'm not sure. Yeah. So it was my first time in Italy this past summer. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And I didn't get to the Amalfi Coast, but we went to Cinque Terre. I, I don't know if you're familiar. It's further... No, it's further north on the same side of Italy, a little bit further. I, I don't know if okay. north is the right direction, but just further up. Okay. And it was like the most beautiful mm. scenery. Mm -hmm. The The town is there and the town kind of spills into the ocean. Yeah. Uh, or the sea. Yeah. And um, I remember- The Mediterranean Sea. Yeah. And I just yeah. remember it being so hot in, we yes. were there in August. Yeah. Um, it was so hot that I said, I don't need to walk the streets. I'm just going to get off of the, off of the train and just walk right down. Yeah. And I had my shorts on. So I said, I'm just gonna take off my shirt and my hat, my backpack, and I'm just going to go and jump in the water. Nice. Uh, yeah. You did it? Oh yeah. yeah. We, we went to like four towns in a row, four or five yeah. towns in a row. And every town I just went into the water. Good. Um, yeah. So yeah. nice. Oh, yeah. It is hot there. It's hot. It was yeah. hot in October. Wow. Okay. Really hot. And uh, we went up into where Ravel wrote his beautiful mm. symphonies um, and wandered way up into this garden that had statues everywhere. We tried shooting there, but we got busted. Um, we had to... <laughs> So that was like a constant thing, you know, because we had the gear, carrying heavy gear and rolling it and trying to be discreet at the same yeah. time. But um, most of the stuff was shot in the Airbnb. Like we chose that location on purpose. That's a beautiful location. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. It was so nice. Oh, wow. Like the pill, the white pillars. and Yeah. And I wanted to go for kind of like Sergio Leone meets like, you know, Good, Bad and the Ugly yeah. meets um, like Antonioni. So like the okay. tight sort of black and white, yeah. small girly dress versus the like wide open kind of free, liberated, um, you know, energy to contrast. So like behind closed doors and in frames yeah. and then the wide open landscape to represent freedom and yeah i really liked the video it was really really nice uh well shot um and i had to do a double take because i mean that's you swimming and that's you yeah. that's you like in, in the airbnb like i don't know it's an airbnb but um yeah uh yeah they're like two totally different looks exactly um, yeah yeah so, it's supposed to be like above water yeah. is sort of the black and white world. And she's like in frames and there are mirrors and stuff. And then she, when she goes into the water, she becomes like color and yeah. liberated and open into open this whole new world. landscape. Yeah. So. Well, Lily, yeah. let's, let's take a break and, and, uh, uh, and have the video play and watch the video. Why don't we do that? Okay, cool. But here, take me to that long open highway. 
Thank you, Lily. That's a, a great song and a great video for sure. Thanks. You're welcome. Um, and this takes us to the paradise. 
where you had oh, yeah. your yeah you had your release party is that right yeah the yep. release party was there um so we're recording this on april 24th the party was not too long ago was it no i mean what a little a bit over six months ago maybe so why did i think it was like just recently you had this big party there it was in and around october as well ah about six oh. months yeah okay Something like okay that. Okay, too bad Greg isn't here because I would I would edit this part out. I sounded really strange there saying it was not too That's long okay. ago. <laughs> I played um, a little show like a week or so ago. Maybe maybe that, maybe uh, that's what I'm thinking of. Thinking uh, that, about that, that I saw yeah because I saw something on um, on YouTube or maybe it was on your website. I can't recall, but it was like yeah. oh this this just happened. Yeah, um, I just played a little bookshop. That was uh, fun. The bookshop happened. Okay, yeah. that's right. I saw that on your website. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about the paradise from uh, from last fall. Sure. Um, when when the album came out, how was the how was that was that your big sort of yeah uh, big show? The big hurrah. Yeah. Yeah. That, that must have been that must have been a lot of fun. It looked like it a was. lot of fun on the videos that I saw. It was fun. I just love having a bunch of people to sing in harmony with. Um, yeah. Yeah, I had Carly Aiken's voice. Oh my God, it's a dream. Danielle Bassell's like, I had some, I feel like singing in harmony, if I'm going to keep going forward in this whole music world, ah. is going to become essential, you know? Okay. It just feels so good. And um, it was weird because the, I put the band together for this one show and it's not like we hit the road and started touring. Yeah. So because I'm working in radio now and like I enjoy that um I just said to myself like if somebody picks up the show and says hey we'll pay you millions of dollars to tour the world then maybe I would sure. say yes <laughs> but that did not happen so um I'm good to just not I I'm just playing duo show shows right now with Nickel Robertson and that's okay. that's great I really like it because yeah. it's intimate people listen to the words Nickel's yeah. got a great sound, and uh, I'm just going to do that for a bit. Okay, and is that what the book the bookshop show was? A little yeah. Bit of that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How was that? Like a nice, small, intimate, tiny little literary crowd. You know, dark room, everyone listening. Yeah. Um, not a lot of uh, extra sounds to get in the way. Like some people said, they really liked that. They could just hear the words. Okay. Yeah, it's a different energy for oh. sure the paradise was a big show lots of people yeah. big band yeah a light show you know like liquid um liquid light not like yeah. lasers there weren't lasers but yeah. there was liquid light. yeah um so and then we had kind of a sing-along at the end which i love because i'm a bit of a hippie i'm an honorary vancouverite <laughs> and <laughs> um yeah i love sing-alongs around the fire or sing-alongs around a piano, anything that just connects people through music is great for me. Yeah. Any sing-alongs at the bookstore? At the bookshop? Mm, no, we didn't do that. Yeah. Um, lots of good chats, though. How How is it as a performer, performing, you know, you're at the paradise, people are dancing, people are up, people are singing, people are singing back to you at, at times. Uh, to going to a more intimate, quiet space. 
-hmm. and performing where you're not sure like are people like I do you look at as their foot tapping or are they nodding you know is their head moving to the like how do like do you as a performer need that immediate feedback or are you waiting to when the song is done and they clap I'm, I'm curious what type of performer you are when it comes to the crowd yeah it doesn't matter to me what kind of a okay. crowd it is it just takes a bit of a different element of preparation for each one of those yeah when it's intimate and stripped down i need to really prepare my voice um it, not to say that i wouldn't for a bigger show yeah um but because it's so stripped down it needs to be like that's it that's all you got you know like just be really strong um so i spent a week doing like pretty intensive vocal warm-ups yeah um you know on stage with the big show and the lights and all that it's more about movement too and mm. like what you're wearing and like is there going to be a costume change like what are the lights looking like like this is yeah. a bigger production um that we did video if people want to see it, they can go see it on YouTube if they yeah. missed it. And yeah, there's a, there was a lot of coordination of people as well. Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I can get it. One's a big performance where there's more than just you involved. Yeah. And one yeah. is like all eyes are on you. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. And all ears are on you. Wow. Um, Lily, we have a segment. Yes. Called lost venues. Okay. I'm wondering if you have a story from a venue that doesn't exist anymore. The story can be funny. The story can be sad. Uh, mm -hmm. But really, we're looking for stories. I'm wondering if you have okay. a story sure. from a lost venue. Yes, I do. Um, so this one was in Vancouver. Okay. And it was called the Sugar Refinery. And it was oh. upstairs, second level of Granville Street. And it was an all hours, like an after hours. So okay. they... Vancouver's like kind of a day city, so it was tough to find action past 11 p.m., but the Sugar Refinery was one of the places where stuff happened. They made great vegetarian food, and there was always a PA set up with bands booked, and if the bands weren't playing, you could just get up and play. So, oh, wow. yeah, and you could do anything. Like at one point, so I had a proper band that played, you know, more mainstream venues and stuff out there but then one night i forget what we called ourselves but we just um we all had like dark black around our eyes and okay. we just um just jammed and made stuff up in the moment and it was so much fun like we were on the ground like playing the bottom strings of the piano and this was all good at the sugar refinery like no one even really blinked sure like this kind of expression and artfulness um, was like what you could let let loose on the audience at the sugar sugar refinery. So, um, and it bled out onto the back alley because everyone smoked and like it just was such a free place. This guy Steve ran it, yeah. and then one day he just left. He went to Montreal, oh. and it was closed down. And I was like, oh my god, I broke up with my boyfriend. I lost my record deal. My house got sold that I was renting and the sugar refinery closed. I'm out. I left. I'm like, 
that's when I came back to Toronto. Wow. That's a cool yeah. story. <laughs> Thanks so much for sharing that. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that uh, you host a radio show, so you're still on Zoomer Radio, yeah? Yes. Okay. How now? How is that as as a as a, as a former? I shouldn't say former musician. Oh my goodness! I was thinking of. It's fine. Yeah. An old bag. Yeah, but oh no, <laughs> Lily. Of course not. No. <laughs> um, but how is that? Like you, you going in front of a stage performing to now, you know, you're in a studio. You're you're you're. I don't know. They don't play records anymore on the radio, right? Not You're vinyl. Press, pressing buttons and um, um, it's it's a whole other world. And yeah. I did know I I had the impression that one day I would go into radio, but I didn't think it would be quite this soon in my life. Okay. Same with the book. Like I I know <laughs> that one day I'll release this book, but I yeah. don't know when it's going to happen. So. I have three shows, two of them I host, and one of them I curate, meaning I, it's my theme, my guests, my everything. Okay. They let me pretty much do what I want. Um, I've been told I cannot play grunge. That's all I know. That's it's the only thing they told me I couldn't do. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I've had like conspiracy theory topics. I've had oh, one goodness. guest who was a in the cult, the Mooney cult in LA. Um, I've had, I don't know, people talking about transcendental meditation. I've had professors. I had Misha Bruger Gossman. I don't know, like all sorts of guests. And it's so fun for me because it's very creative. Yeah. Um, and I'm learning, you know, what, what's the tease, how, how to draw an audience in like skills and tricks that, um, are part of radio that, uh, that seem obvious but mm. it's not an obvious profession like to become good you know i've had to train myself there really oh, wasn't sure. a lot of training um online and just with other hosts who've been there forever i'm like yeah. please can you listen to my what i'm doing critique it tell me what i can do better like i really want this job you know yeah. it's it's a cool way to like share all the years that i've been doing music and also to highlight friends of mine who don't get played much and i can bring them in and i can get them to play live and well, yeah it's, cool. i really like it a lot nice so let's talk let's let's promote these three shows tell me about them and and when when people can can find them on the radio Sure. Um, so the station's called Zoomer Radio. On Saturdays, I have Live in the City at 2 o'clock, and that features a kid, kids, K-I-D-Z, segment. So I always feature someone who's like somewhere between 6 and 18, talking about how they love retro music, too. Um, then at night, it's Saturday Night Bandstand, so it's like a dance party. Okay. Sunday at six is my show. It's called Zoomer Crooners and Songbirds, and it's a different guest or a different theme. And it's like 13 songs. And um, yeah, I just did a special on swing uh, with Michael Lewis Johnson, who also is part of the Redwood in the East End of Toronto. It's like the swing resurgence night. Okay. And then I had Al Shiner on last Sunday. He's the guy who wrote nine, six, seven, eleven, eleven. Oh! <laughs> and like all of the other jingles, like Marine Land and uh I don't know. He wrote wow. like all the ones that you can't get out of your head. 
So oh my goodness, that's that's an art in and of itself. Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, that just reminded me. Um, you you spoke earlier about this uh, this deal you have with this American outfit that gets your music on TV shows and movies and such. And, yeah. And, and of course, you know your stuff has been on uh, some iconic Canadian shows. You know, be, being Erica, um, uh-huh. I, I believe is one of them. Uh, tell tell me about that. Is there obviously with this this latest album? Uh, of yours decompression you didn't have mm-hmm. television in mind or movies in mind but Mm-mm. yeah tell me about this whole um this whole the thing deal of, yeah this whole you don't have to tell me about the specific deal but just mm-hmm. the practice or, or of getting your music out into these different places that that bring oh. you as an artist uh you know money back to you oh so like um tv show placements like yeah. bad Boy world how yeah. does that work yeah. yeah, it's becoming very popular because people realize that there can be money in there. But because it's becoming popular, mm. the amount of money you can make is is lessening. Okay. Um, so, uh, however, luckily this deal is in the United States where there are many more people and many more opportunities. So, And I have to thank my brother because he got me the deal, which Amazing. is crazy. Yeah. And, and because I trust him, he's my brother, right? Yeah. Um, I put one of his songs on my record, um, Seagull, and he's an amazing songwriter, my brother, but he does this whole other job. He's a venture capitalist and he solicited on my behalf. Yeah. And, um, you know, he just believes in me. So it's so meaningful to me that it has that. Yeah. And he's like, your stuff is valuable content. Cause I'm like, you know, no one's going to want to buy my catalog. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not the Beatles or even anywhere close. So, and he said, yeah, but it's still content and it's still mm. quality content. And that's what people want these days. Yeah. Um, so he just had the confidence and the know how business know how to find out who to approach and how to do it. Um, in the world of sync, sync like on a business level some people are like yeah whatever let's just get our song in a tv show yeah. it is it's very competitive now it's almost like what everybody wants yeah. instead of a record deal because mm. you could get discovered that way i mean kate bush had her resurgence through having running up that hill on stranger things you know yeah. like all the kids love kate bush again yeah i mean it's tv is where it's at so if you can get songs on TV, it can be really good. I had a big lull for a long time. I hope this whole thing becomes something again, because like when your songs are sitting there collecting dust, nobody's benefiting. And so I just want to get them out there again. Um, And it's probably, it's like auditioning for a gig. It's like being a, an actor or something like you're auditioning your songs now. Like, you know, a TV show says we need a song about sunshine and like all the sync reps come, you know, clamoring to the table and they're like, well, we have an artist who's got a song about sunshine. They're all trying for that one gig. Yeah. And probably my friend Chris, who used to represent me in this, he said it's one in 30 that get synced. But it's I think it's probably less than that. Mm. But you have to constantly be auditioning your songs. Yeah, it's, it's another hustle, isn't it? It's a full-time job. Yeah. Um, 
And people just, they don't know, they don't get that. And not only did the songs have to be totally like prepared in this perfect format for the, for the moment. And it has to be the right timing. Cause if you give them the wrong song at yeah. the wrong time, they won't trust you. And then they will not take your call again. It's, you know, like it's, it's a real thing. Yeah. It's serious. Wow. Have you ever written anything specifically for a TV show? Well, being show? Erica, so okay. being Erica, I did co-write that theme on purpose for that show. Okay. And I think that's the only time I did that. Okay. Um, and it was interesting because I was much more metaphorical. I was like, um, you know, poets and laureates and crystals and blah, 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 like all sorts of random metaphors and abstract words. And the writer came to me and she's like, can you just be really literal and say like, you know, we're moving from the, the current time to the past and this girl's traveling. She wants to rewrite the future. And I'm like, um, I don't know <laughs> if I, I don't really write that way, but I had to, and I did yeah. and it felt weird. Um, mm. And I, at my last show at the sellers and Newell bookstore, I asked the audience if they could tell the difference between that style of writing um, for that song compared to my others. And they said, no. So it's like, ah. it's just me. I just need to get over myself. Ah, that's you know? fascinating. That's really interesting. <laughs> Lily, what, what, you know, as, as someone who has a radio show as well, you're probably listening to uh, all these types of musics, uh, music, music, um, what are you personally listening to these days? What's in your ears? I have been listening to Bedouin lately. I just listened to her last night. I love her. Okay. She's a Middle Eastern um, kind of beatnik style artist, yeah. very melancholic. Um, I listened to a little bit of Angel Olsen. Um, you know, just thinking of what I listened to last night. <laughs> um, I really... I still like Beach House. My son is 16. He's almost 17. He's really into the psychedelic porn crumpets. Those guys okay. are amazing. All right. Yeah. I'll check them out. They're actually amazing. Okay. <laughs> so he's introducing me to a lot of cool stuff. Um, I'm trying to remember some of the names of Mitsuka or something like that was one of them he was listening to. Uh, and then, of course, I love old, like, heart-wrenching jazzy stuff still like billy yeah. holiday um nice. the classics yeah i do like that still roy that orbison awesome. i don't know uh, is your son following in your footsteps is he is he a musician he's training right now to be a dj on radio but wow. he also plays bass yeah he plays bass in a band his band's called sundial with a t sundial with okay nice <laughs> i'm like why the tea and he's like why not mom? why not <laughs> yeah they're really good they're oh that's really awesome that's yeah. perfect I'll, I'll keep my eye out yeah uh, for them that's awesome um lily what's what's next for you you've got the radio show um you've got a book that's uh coming out whenever it does come out um, yeah any more any more shows at, at uh at bookshops hmm. and any shows that you're planning in the near future what's next well yeah just because of the duo show i did with nickel at the bookshop we got two yeah. more offers to do private shows like nice. house parties yeah, yeah um one of them is outside um in may 
and in June we're heading up north to do another one. So I, I like that. Um, at radio, I think what's going to happen is I might move into the TV zone a little bit. Okay. Um, kind of, we want to do a live show, kind of like bring back Electric Circus or something. That yeah. vibe, like a dance party. Uh, we'll see. I would love to do that. Okay. Um, what else is on the radar? Um, I don't know. I teach songwriting. Uh, I... I have my two kids, like I'm a single mom. I opened uh, or opened, started a sisterhood in my neighborhood, which oh. is an offshoot of the food bank that I volunteer at. So, and we bring music into that food bank. So that kind of community work, I really, uh, really love a lot. That is awesome. <clears throat> Good for you. Good for you. Lily, this yes. has been fantastic. Thank you so much Thank for you your too, time. Kevin. If Appreciate people it. want to check out your music, check out what you're up to, um mm -hmm. is there a website that people can go to where can people find out more about lily frost uh yeah they can go to lilyfrost.com they can go to lilyfrost.com on instagram or just lilyfrost on facebook somebody just stole my identity on facebook my oh, business no. page we're working on resuming that but awesome. otherwise all the other ones are up and running perfect <laughs> lilyfrost.com yeah. lily thank you so much again for joining us this has been a pleasure a blast thank you so much kareem i appreciate it